You're listening to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Welcome back to the ESPN Footy Podcast off-season special, uh, the Mount Rushmore edition of the podcast, Jake and Rowan. Thanks for joining us uh, again. We're into part two now. And for those that might have missed part one, a little quick catch-up for you guys. Uh, Basically, we're doing a podcast or a series of podcasts because it's ended up being a little bit longer than we thought it might be. Vodcast, is it not now? Vodcast, absolutely, in the brand new studios here at ESPN. But we are... Trying to nail the four most iconic players uh, for every club in the AFL. And that's, you know, in terms of the entire history of each club, the best four, or not the best four, but the most iconic four players yeah. to pull on the Guernsey. Who are the, who are the faces of each club? You think of, you know, Adelaide, and you think of player X, Y, Z, and A. Uh, and so we're trying to do that. And when, if you missed part one, uh, part one you can find either wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube or... Uh, wherever you get uh, our socials, we're on uh, Twitter or X at Footy Tips as well. So uh, we will continue where we left off. So if you want to go back to part one, uh, teams Adelaide through Fremantle are there. But it's time to get to Geelong, another team with a storied history. And we were just speaking off air, Rowan and Jake. It's going to be a tough one to nail down. Mm, one of the one of the tougher ones, um, and a team that you know we've probably already seen this a few times. That uh, two different eras, really. Um, we've seen the modern era, and then um, you can go back uh, 40, 40, 50 years as well. So do you want to take us away with the previous era? <laughs> well, well uh, uh, again, a, a testament to my age. Um, I, I found this Geelong as tough a call as any club we've done. Mm. Um, and the eras have a lot to do with it. So you're talking about the 1950s. They won 51, 52 flag, lost 53 grand final. Well, they win 23 games in a row, whatever it was, over the two seasons. You then got that era in the late 80s, early to mid-90s under mm. Malcolm Blight. were a fantastic team. Couldn't was, get it done. Yeah, just yeah, always the West Coast were a slightly better team. Carlton fixed them up. but And, and I tell you what, there are not many more watchable teams than Malcolm Blight's teams. They were fantastic. And then this last era, which we were just saying before, you know, it's a, an era of dominance now spanning 15 years, mm. four yeah. premierships. Mm. So... So many great eras have spawned so many individual champions. So, and if you missed part one of this, I think the the big sort of tussle between ourselves is trying to either you know not give too much to names that are, are so old that we just kind of go, oh yeah, they're a walk up start, but also not you know giving into recency bias as much. But yeah. Geelong feels like a club where we could actually see some 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 more recent names yeah, be popping up. That's exactly it. If if the most success the club has had, and it, and not, it's also worth mentioning that we didn't do this in the first part, but. It's not just winning premierships. Like, you can't just look at... it's. We're looking at the individual players. So, obviously, yeah. it helps and it enhances your legacy. But if you were a, a great, iconic player that played and you never won a premiership, you're still certainly eligible to get on these Mount yeah, Rushmore. Well, I mean, the, the yeah. number one player on this list is going to be a, one, a man without a flag. Yeah. Uh, good, good segue. segue. <laughs> uh, not only a player without a flag, but, but this man is the greatest player I've ever seen. Now, when I say greatest player I've ever seen... Not in terms of consistency, but in terms of sheer ability and highs. No, I would take no one over this guy. And I'm talking, of course, about Gary Ablett Sr. Um, six games to Hawthorne. We didn't quite get on the Hawthorne Mount Rushmore, but of course, famously... <laughs> Spoiler went, alert. <laughs> went, went away, uh, six games to Hawthorne in 82. Went away, played with Myrtleford in 83. Mm. Geelong recruited him back. And right from the get-go... Like he was playing on a half-forward flank. He played for Victoria in that 84 season after eight games. You know, that's how good he was that quickly. Mm. Just a superstar. You know, on a half-forward flank, on a wing, 
Uh, yeah, I'll never forget. You know, he kicked 14 goals starting on a wing one game against Richmond. Um, I covered that the famous game when he kicked 14 goals against Essendon when Paul Salmon kicked 10. Geelong yeah. lost the game yes. with Ablett kicking 14 goals. <laughs> How does that work? Um, incredible leap. Yep. The nine goals in the 1989 grand final. Also brutal, tough, tough, as hardened a tough physical specimen mm. as has played the game. Ask Dipper. In that 1989 grand final, just gave him a sack full of busted ribs, um, and you know, and he didn't, he wasn't averse to really dishing it out and hurting guys. When so. your nickname is God, you know you're a pretty good chance. Yeah, to it's be... pretty decent company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of decent company, obviously a thousand career goals, one of only six players uh, to to do it. And we've spoken of we we spoke about Dick Reynolds and, and Alex Jezelinko for for uh, in the in the previous episode. Gary Ablett Sr., in my mind, is almost top three in terms of most iconic footy names. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether Ga- like Gary Ablett, because we've had two of them, that <laughs> yeah. helps. Yeah. But I-, I don't think there are many names, and-, and it feels like we're saying this a lot and it's losing its meaning. But with Gary Ablett Sr., I, I think, yeah, there-, there are very few names that carry as much weight uh, as it does with him. With good reason. I mean, no, no one in the history of footy has had, or will I would venture to say will ever have, as good a highlight reel as Gary Ablett Senior. It's just, it's ridiculous some of the stuff he did. I yeah. mean, they put out, there were that many highlights compilation videos of Gary Ablett Senior. Uh, you know, the Norm Smith, three Coleman medals, and that was after he went to, I mean, he played the bulk of his career on a wing or half-forward flank. You know, he's only a legit spearhead for the last little bit of his career, but still good enough to win three Coleman medals. Mm. Nine-time leading goal kicker, mm. four All-Australian and the criteria different, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, the reason he's the greatest player I've ever seen, and that's with the utmost respect for Lee Matthews and people like that, but Gary Ablett Sr. did things that I've not seen a single other player physically capable of doing. Talking about stuff like, you know, snapping over the shoulder on his wrong foot from 50 metres out. You know, the sort of distances. uh, You know, you watch the 14 goals against Essendon. One of them is a banana from the boundary that curves away from the goals but somehow still goes through. He just did stuff Mm. that no one else could do. Mm. Absolute freak. The most watchable football of all time and for me, a clear-cut uh, number one on this list. The, the accolade that I think kind of goes under the radar a little bit is two-time Mark of the Year winner mm. as well. And so, oh, yeah. like, you talk about a, a guy that can do everything. Yeah. This is not just around the big sticks. This is actually just, just yeah. getting to the footy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I think comfortably a number one on, on all three of our lists. Yeah, and I think um, probably pretty comfortable number two uh, for most people would be his son. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is. It is. We were talking about in the last episode, if you, if you, if you missed it, go back and, and have a listen. Uh, we were talking about the Mount Rushmore of footy families. Mm. It's getting really tight already on that. Oh, it is. I mean, we, that might be another special in uh, <laughs> 10 or so years' time. But Gary Ablett Jr., so again, we're, we're only counting his Geelong career. We're, we're basically ignoring any, anything else for all these players. It's just looking at their career at the, at the club. So no Gold Coast stats here. These are just Geelong. 247 games, still 321 goals. Uh, two premierships, the 2009 Brownlow medal, two Geelong best and fairest, and four All-Australian selections. Um, it, he, he is 
to me, and it's difficult to compare him to his father because I didn't see him play live, and they're not the same player. No, you know, totally different types of player. But I'm not against calling him the greatest player that's ever played for Geelong. I don't think that's a, a massive reach. Gary Ablett Jr. was a phenomenal player in an era where there were, there were so many great midfielders. And he just stood out head and shoulders above everybody else, all his peers. Remember, too, that the, the, the thing about Gary Ablett Jr. is it probably took him a good, I'd yeah, say, at well, least four years. Started as a forward yeah, pocket. To yeah. get going. And, and I think when you were rattling off sort of like your, your descriptors of senior and just sort of things that I haven't seen anyone else be able to do. My mind's just thinking, Junior, Junior, mm. Junior. Oh, the really? way he yeah. bursts away from packs and, mm. and just effortlessly does that. There's some of the goals that he kicked yeah. from you know, running to the boundary line and then hooking it yeah. back from the 50 at, at Cadenia Park. Yeah, and I agree. And I, but I do think, and, and this is why uh, I'm more than happy to have Senior top, is that I do think, whether right or wrong, I think his best footy was played at the Suns. I really, really do. I mean, it was his it was his prime. I mean, he, like you say, his first three or four years, there were questions on him. Yeah. Whether would he yeah. be? Would he live up to the hype? Would he be uh, the player Geelong hoped he, so, he could be? So, do we think he only sort of hit his peak for Geelong in say that year they won the flag? Oh seven was it that late, or was there a bit before that? Do you I think oh six. Yeah, I think trying to think back, I think oh six might have been the year, but. Um, yeah, around that mark. So there yeah. were certainly you know three or four years where he was building, but from the time he he got to the Suns, mm. I mean he was he he felt head and shoulders above everybody else for best player in the league, um, and, and he was he was regularly getting forty and kicking two yeah uh, through them and just mm. dominating through the midfield in a in a let's be honest a, an a, an awful team that uh, was just starting out. How, how you illustrate that is you look at the twenty fourteen season and yeah. the Suns were. Filling the stands, and they were on track for their first finals appearance in the in the club's history. And, and he shoulder. goes down with his shoulder, and and they were just they limped to the finish line and didn't even and they, make and finals yeah. that season. And that that was the closest they've been. So, but, but more on that later. Yeah. Yes. So so, <laughs> but but to, yeah. So we're we're forgetting all of that for this. He's still on it. So interestingly, I think senior's pretty clear one. Junior, I think a lot of people would have him too. I, I debated it. I've actually got him. Slipping down to three, mm. and the guy I've got ahead of him is Joel Selwood, mm. and oh. I think people might that might be a bit oh that's a bit of recency bias, but no, 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 I don't no. think it is at all. I mean he's the driving force of the modern era. I never thought he was the best player, and any I don't think at any point in time Joel Selwood was the best player on his team, never, not no. once. But he's a four-time Premiership player, the last of which was as captain, six All Australians, three best and fairest. Runner-up in the Brownlow to Gary Ablett Jr. Captain the club uh, for 11 seasons, which, as I mentioned in the previous one, it's super important, I think, for, for legacy and this, these type of things. Um, Four-time winner of the league's most courageous player. I don't know how much stock you put in that, but that's all part of his legacy yeah, as a yeah. tough yeah. captain and leader. And 355 games. Uh, he's an icon of the modern era. You so so you, my, yeah. the, the, the hesitation I have here, and we've listed you know, now three names, mm. um, the hesitation is, is you talked about these two distinct eras for Geelong. Mm. And we're now, we're now, we've shifted very much to the modern era. We haven't yeah. yet considered anyone from this, this golden patch in, in, as you say, the 50s. I, I just want to, yeah, which is a really good point. I just want, and I'll introduce one in a sec. I'll say about Joel Selwood. I reckon there's an argument he's the greatest captain of all time. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing, I guess, that goes against that is he only captained his 
side only to one premiership. Mm. And I think you think of him, because he was a captain for such a long time and everyone knows how much success they have, I think you just think, oh yeah, he was the captain the whole time. No, he wasn't. He mm. was only the last one. Jeez, mm. um, he was good though. Like yeah. they're just that capacity to sort of pick his teammates up and yeah. drag them with him. But have you ever stopped to think about what I said? He, he's as good as he was. Mm. He was never the best player on his team yeah. at any point. Yeah. Okay, to your point, Matt. Um, you know, there's a few names that need to come in yes. here. Now, one, and this is going way back, but, you know, older Geelong people talk about this guy almost like the father of Geelong, mm. and it's Reg Hickey. Mm. He's got a stand named after him. Now, uh, what, not the closest physical thing to Mount Rushmore that they <laughs> have down at Geelong, I guess. Well, some, yes, some, of that, some of that is to do with his status as being a premiership coach, coach in 51 yeah. 52. Yes. But he also played in two captain, premierships. Yeah, he's captain coach of one of them as well. At, sure. Yeah, correct. 245 games, two best and fairest. So he's got to be in the discussion. Then you've got that early 60s era, or, or right through the 60s, really. Mm. And this is people of my vintage. We grew up. You know, Geelong of the 70s were pretty ordinary, but the guys who had been part of that 1960s era were so prominent in media or elsewhere. You, mm. you heard so much about these guys, and I'm talking three primarily. Well, it was Bob Davis, yes. who'd been a player in those early 50s and then coached Geelong of 63. The Geelong Flyer, a, a wingman, a dashing, skillful player, very highly rated. Polly Farmer, who's, you know, a, uh, he's a Hall of Fame legend. Polly he's, an Farmer, all, isn't he? he's a Hall of Fame legend and an icon, but I kind of put a strike through him just because only 101 not games. Enough not, not enough yeah. games. A, a lot of contribution uh, yeah. further west, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think uh, to your point about the, the, the AFL Hall of Fame legend status, very <laughs> well deserved. But you know, I think when you know, we've sort of laid out uh, the terms and conditions, I guess, of, of yeah. this this podcast being yeah. that we're talking about players who physically put on the Guernsey for that team. The yeah. WA component's large with Farmer, but the the other one, and we're talking in some detail about this before, uh, Doug White. Yep. Mm. Yeah, two premierships, four Coleman's, eleven time leading goal kicker, eight hundred thirty four goals. <laughs> four and, goals yeah, and, he, and he's a he's a you know an afterthought of sorts. And but, one one of six guys to kick a thousand plus goals. Uh, no. Yes, uh, but not not all at Geelong. Sorry, yes. Oh, correct. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So 834. So again, this is just the Geelong numbers. Yeah. Um, certainly in the in the discussion, but and I know we're sort of jumping between these two eras, but it's worth doing because there's there's some <coughs> great comparisons here. Does Wade go ahead of Tom Hawkins? And I know again it might sound like of Recent course he goals. does, but Tom Hawkins' numbers, you know, so he's second in games at the club, third in goals. So how give us his games? Uh, 347 games, 781 goals. So he's 140 games ahead of Wade and probably soon to be equal-ish on goals. Yeah. Uh, three premierships, a Coleman medal, a club best and fairest, 11-time leading goal kicker and five-time All-Australian. Yes, it does. And I, and I think, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I think he, def, I, if if you're second in games and third in goals, and you've won three premierships, mm. um, you've won a common medal, you've led your team, you've led a dominant team in scoring in goals for eleven seasons. Very stiff to not make the list. No, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced. Call me, call me a young, and that's that's. Uh, that is, you know, but, re, it is recency bias, but I, I think he's ahead. So when you think of Geelong, you know, the. the the long-standing club, and you think of the Mount Rushmore, you see Tom Hawkins' face there. 
more so than Doug Wade. Okay. So I mean, some no, other that, names no, I'm that we could throw that up. Question. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm asking uh, that question. Yeah. So if we're looking at the Geelong, maybe, maybe I'm getting mired and 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 I'm di- I'm digging down yeah. to the fact that we are giving a lot of credence to the modern era. But I think but there's we also should. nothing wrong with that because, as you say, yeah. that the period of success has been has been wonderful. Um, some other names that you could sort of throw up there is. You know, uh, I don't know, start where you want. Bill Brownless, icon of Geelong. Didn't play that many games, but kicked a few goals and was, he, you know, yeah, you are I, king of Geelong, Billy. Oh, there's a... Um, I think Peter Paul, Riccardi, you want to talk, you know... Oh, there's two more. No, Paul, Hocking, like, Paul, like, Paul Couch. I mean, 259 yeah, games, 203 goals, Brownlow medalist. Um, three best and fairest to all Australians. He, and, and he's a player that it will, a lot of people will, all, will say, oh, he, I've heard people say he's one of the best players I've ever seen. Paul Couch. Couch. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess we, got, we kind of well, need to wrap no, up on Geelong. Well, there's two well, we haven't even mentioned who I would throw in very seriously. Oh. Uh, Corey Enright, 332 games, six All-Australians, three premierships. Would you have Corey Enright ahead of Tom Hawke? No. I'm throwing him up, though. He's a worthy contender. <laughs> Matthew Scarlett, 284 games, three premierships, six All-Australians. And plenty of people rate him close to the best fullback of all time. It's a great call. So does he go on ahead of Hawkins? He's got a pretty good argument. But, I, geez, those numbers for Hawkins. It's hard. I, I, and in a tend to, still, I tend you know, to lean always towards, you know, forwards than defenders, whether that's fair or not. I think we generally do. Like, it's harder to be a forward now than a defender. And, and Geelong he, fans, feel free to let us know not, as so well. So he's going to mm. go over 800 goals. And I think what we see with Buddy, with the 1,000, remarkable. 800 is going to be, it feels like we'll become almost that same milestone. Yeah. It's like, can you get to 800? And it's like, who is going to get to 800 next? Yeah, I think he's on. I, th- I think his achievement is I'm happy unbelievable. This, so, is, this is a tough one. Geelong fans, let us know at Footy Tips on Twitter which way you would have gone. But uh, in the end, we're settling on senior. Yeah. So Gary Ablett senior, Gary Ablett junior. Yeah. Selwood. Selwood. Yeah. And Tom Hawkins. Yeah. yeah. And wow. a lot, lot of very, very stiff players there. Yes, the cat's probably one of the harder ones we've got to consider. I think on this list, at least so far, given the uh, I guess the modern names on it. Time mm. to move on. Time to look at the Gold Coast Suns. Speaking of modern, uh, yes. they are one of the more modern clubs that we have on this list. And ah, uh, this is going to be tough for a bit of a different reason, I think, Jake. Uh, well, it is. Um, but I think we can just go straight back to the well with Gary Ablett Jr. here and get him back on again. So First and only dual oh, appearance. You do not want to say the elephant in the room. It's going to be tough because they haven't been that good. They haven't been a great team. <laughs> and, and I mean, is... good, but, I mean it's, but also, it's not so clear-cut. It's still right? not clear-cut. Just because just because the club might have... Ten years of history doesn't make it easier than 100 years of history. Like It's still tough to pick these players out. But... Look, pretty clearly Gary Ablett Jr., um, we spoke about his Geelong uh, numbers just before. But, but as you, the point you made was that he I played his best footy yeah, at, at the Gold Coast. It Suns. wasn't as long, but I think um, it was it, it, a level that we haven't really seen um, from many midfielders in the modern era. So 12th in games for the club, which doesn't sound... It's not much, really. 110 games. 110, yeah. Um, fourth in goals. The first captain... Of the club, 2011 to 2016. Won a Brownlow medal there, one of two. And just a gun. Four All-Australians, four best and fairest. I said it before. There was a period when, in his early years there, or pretty much his whole tenure there, really, where he was regularly getting 35, 10 clearances, yeah. kicking well, that, goals. That, that second year he won the Brownlow. So the second time he won the Brownlow, 2013. 2013. Yeah. And then 2014. And... 
And you mentioned before, Matt, in the context of Geelong, that you know, it looked like the Suns were going to make yeah. the finals in 2014. Albert hurt his shoulder and it all... And it all fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, I mean, it's pretty clear. We, we've spoken quite a bit about Gaz and, and how good he, he was for both clubs. But as I said, his, his stint at the Suns might not have been as long as Geelong. And he'll be remembered as a Geelong player. And fair enough, and rightly so. But I think I still believe his best footy was played uh, in a Suns game. You look just at his years at... The Suns and his averages just disposal. I know this is a very just a, a very broad snapshot, but average 30, 33, 31, 32, <laughs> 22, uh, which was the year he coming back from his shoulder, 27, and then 33 before he moved back to Geelong. Yeah. Uh, this, these are these are averages. There were, he, he picked up 50 disposals on, on one occasion. It was 49 yeah. kick goals. Was goal I think goal? It was f- their MCG against Collingwood. I think. You might have been right. Yeah. yeah, and he um yeah he 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 ends up being one of the guys that kicked more goals than he played games, and this is as a pure midfielder yeah. and, and the leader and the guy you know pun not intended carrying this team on his shoulder. Oh, that was it. He was what he was the best goal kicking midfielder of the his era. I don't think it's debatable. So where do we look next? Because I know that, you know, with, with all respect to the Suns and, and the players that have pulled on the Guernsey, it's yeah. a bit of a drop-off. So, so, I mean, it is. But is the next one... Is it fair to have the next one Tom Lynch? Well, I think it's either Tom Lynch or Took Miller, to be honest. Yeah. Miller's a great call. I think, my... I think you, you know, impact icon, who you think of when you think of the Suns. I think, I think Took Miller's right up there. Do you think of him? I think so, yeah. I think he's, a, I think he's been a... Um, you know, since well, I mean, over the last five years, I think he's been the face. Yeah. Of the Is play. he the game's record holder? So 170, no. 173. No, so the game's record holder is David Swallow. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, two twenty. Yeah. So he's two twenty. The only player with two hundred games. Foundation player, captain uh, of the club, and a twenty fourteen best and fairest winner. I think. I mean, we're kind of a little all over the place with the Suns here, but I, I think he's on it. No, I think he's Swallow. on it. Well, Swallow, I, I, yeah. I, think, I think those three we've just mentioned, they're certainly more yeah. yeah. two, so three, and four. M- Miller does feel like the second best player at the club behind Ablett. Yeah. Lynch. So two best and fairest, two All-Australians and Miller. Yes. Yeah. And then Lynch. So he le- still leads go. the club in goals by, by a bit, 254. Uh, and it, you know, it feels like years since he's played there. He's still eighth in, in games. All-Australian in 131. Yep. All-Australian in 2016 and a two-time best and fairest. So I, I think you could say he's, as he's aged, he's, got, he's become a better player uh, when we saw him last playing for Richmond. But he's still probably on it. Are there any other even... Well, I mean, I had, I had the thought to, to include Jared Witts in this discussion. Oh, so yeah. co-captain yeah. over a long time, yeah. um, you know, batted around. It's, it's a tough swing. He's a warrior. He's a warrior. He's a tough swing. And then the other one is... You don't get on for being a warrior. No. And, the, you know, there's a couple others. Like Jared Harbrow played almost every game for the club from, from when he was brought across uh, from the Bulldogs and then, and then he retired. And then there's, there's another name on the list where you kind of go, is, is this really where we're at when mm. we're thinking about this? And it's one of Jake's... You know, quote unquote favourite players, um, because I think his his career is as fascinating as it, as almost anyone in the modern era, and it's Alex Sexton. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, you've stolen my thunder there, but you know, take the thunder. It go. sounds crazy, but I think Sexton's got a bigger, more of a case to be on it than Wits, Wits, and Harbrow. He's played the four, and I don't have these exact numbers, but he's fourth in games and second in goals. And no one, second would, in goals. no one would consider him. He's yeah. second to Lynch in goals. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to consider him. People would laugh at that as a suggestion. Now, I'm not saying he should or has to be on, because I think it probably is 
Ablett, Lynch, Miller, Swallow. So just on Swallow, so 220 games, he's won one best and fairest. Yep. That's about it and in that terms was, of honours, isn't it? Yeah. Really? So why are we saying him? Because it's it's a it's a thin pool, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that's pretty uh, much you know, it. You look, at, you look at some of the great names that have played for the Suns, and there are some good ones. I mean, you look at you know, Lynch is one, Stephen May is another. Campbell Brown. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but the thing like is, Harley, Harley Bennell played pretty well. But the thing well is, none Martin, of these, none of these guys, you've Carly every, Dixon, literally every player you've mentioned does it has not played their whole career there, yeah. and, and so they've all left before they hit their peak. Yeah, so there's yeah, names yeah. where you think, oh, they're they're a pretty good yeah. player. You just can't really. And the thing with Swallow, you said you know the only accolade he has is the is his best and fairest. Um, well, that was 2014. That was when Gary Ablett got injured and he was oh, on track fair. to win the Brown. No, so yeah. they probably wouldn't have won that one either. So yeah. Ablett pretty comfortably, then Swallow, and then... Well, I think it's Ablett, then I, Miller I, or Lynch. I, Miller for me. I've got Ablett, Ablett Miller, Miller, Lynch, Swallow. Yeah, I think it's Tom those Lynch four. And then David Swallow. And then probably... Se- I mean, Sexton's probably fifth. Suns fans, let us know. Uh, yeah. Tough one, obviously, but I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting exercise. Yeah, and it is. It's like, it, it, you know, the... the the quality will improve as the club as with it in time. Like it's natural. That's that's the way it is. If you take the first ten years of any club, it's going to be slim pickings. Uh, from one of the expansion, more 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 recent expansion clubs to another, uh, GWS Giants uh, are next on the list. And again, it's going to be obviously more modern era. And there mm. are, you know, I think the difference between the Suns and the Giants not only uh, you know obviously the success mm. that they've had in finals relative to the to the Suns, but also just being able to. Uh, keep their talent a lot better than the Suns as well. And yep. you know, it's easy just to look at games played, but that the Giants, despite having been in the league for one fewer year, have got many more players that have played, you know, 150, 200 games. And and that's a testament, I guess, to the organization. But there are some good names here that we can go through. Well I've got uh, I've got a short list of uh, six and five of them have played yep. uh, the whole duration with the Giants. Yeah. Um which is, as you say, it's a, it's a real contrast to the Suns. Mm. Um, I think it's we're going to be pretty well in unison here with our probably our one and two. I'll kick us off um, with my number one. It's pretty clearly Toby Green, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's the best player to play for the club. And in my mind, he goes into... I'll be doing my top 50 players heading into 2024 um, ahead of the next season. He... He's in consideration for number one, and I don't think that's over the top at all. He's certainly going to be a top five pick. That's there's no doubt. But he's he's one of the players that there's no player right now that you can say no. Nah, he's way he's clearly ahead of Toby Green. The level he's playing at is phenomenal. Last year, kicking sixty eight goals or something like that, um, being named captain, mm. then going on to become uh, or be named All Australian captain. Well, yeah, took, went to another level after yeah. taking on the leadership, which says a lot about. How he plays the game. Yeah. He's a three-time All-Australian, two-time best and fairest, and four-time leading goal kicker at the club. Um, and we, you know, th- this is another guy that started his career mm. as a midfielder. Yeah. A, bo- a guy that could rack the ball up, a good ball user, and has gone forward and become one of the great smalls of this era. Whether you want to call him a small, he plays really as a big. I mean, he does feel like a big man trapped in a small guy's body. It's funny you mentioned that about the midfield. I, I, when, as soon as you said it, it made me think. I remember covering a game, uh, GWS played North Melbourne at Docklands in 2012, their first season. Classic matchup. And um, they got smashed because they were a young side. And Green had 30-plus possessions. And 
I remember thinking, like, why does anyone talk about this guy? Because mm. he seems to do this every week. Yeah. He, he's a footballer's footballer yeah. green, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's a, and they're, I think they're at a greater premium these days than they used to be. Guys yeah. with that natural football nous. And he's got it in spades. And, and the excuse of, oh, you know, he's, he's in a non-traditional football area and so he doesn't get noticed as much. I don't think mm. that's the case. I think he's transcended, you know, Vic Bias or whatever you want to call this sort yeah. of southern and, and, and oh, western yeah, state yeah. sort of mentality that footy fans may have or, or may not have, mm. but he's transcended that and he's become an iconic figure in footy and not just at the Giants. Well, that's exactly it. The fact that he is in consideration for, I mean, where, which club you play for shouldn't matter, but to be yes. recognised as a legitimate best potential best comp, player yeah. in the comp and to play for the Giants is testament to him and the quality and, that he brings week in, week out. And he's won people over because it was only yeah. a couple yeah, of years ago he was still the troublemaker. and the, well, that, you know, that final against Sydney and, down in, in Launceston, yeah, was with it? The, and umpire. the umpire. Yeah. He still this is. is. This is, this I think is 25 still is. games ago. I think he's reined it in. I think he's become uh, a more mature player as he's got older. But I, I still think it's there. Mm, and I yeah. don't think you ever take that fully out of his game. And I don't think you want to take it fully out of his game. Anyway, he's the lock. I mean... You probably got the the same number two as I have. Yeah, I don't know that I have. Oh, okay. Is it? Uh, can I? Can I? It's what? a player that doesn't play there anymore. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We have the same number two. Yeah. yeah. No, I do too. Yeah. Well, it has to be Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. Leads the goal kicking for the club. Yeah, um, I, I I wrote here clearly the number two spot for Jez. He's still most goals four two seven. Um, led the club in goal kicking every year he was there. Nine times. Um, <laughs> two time All Australian. A common medal winner and a best and fairest. And you gotta remember this guy started we're talking about Tim Watson before, but he was how good was Jeremy Cameron as an eighteen year old? Yeah. In a terrible side. But even, even that looking at that nine times leading goal kicker, gee, he played for him for nearly a, long a time. decade. Yeah. This is you the know? thing, yeah. yeah. So I think I think it's it's a it's a comfortable choice. And I know that, you know, you talk about recency bias in like players' form, but also recency bias if it just mm. seems like yesterday he was cracking open the can yeah. and doing the celebration and you think of him as a Geelong man. You yeah. do. But I, but he, but yeah, I mean, if if he stayed at the Giants, uh, if, would we be debating? I think he almost still. Do you go Cameron as one? Oh, I think question. if he'd stayed there, he'd probably be number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, number three. Yeah, I, so I this think is those I think two are pretty. This is there's a bit. There is a gap here. Yeah. Now I've gone for Callan Ward. Now in terms Warrior. of quality of player, I, no disrespect to Callan, I think he'll be the first to admit that. Toby and Jeremy are a step above in terms of quality, but he is a warrior. He he is uh, their leading games player. Um, a massive signing at the time when he came. Oh, it made absolute shockwaves because he was one of the, the these highly touted youngsters that you know the Bulldogs thought they were going to have for a long, long time, mm. and he's just gone and up and yeah. made the call. Uh, that he would he would go and join this upstart unit that yeah. a lot of people knew would take time to develop. Yeah. So that was ballsy on his part, but. I mean, the career speaks for itself, doesn't yeah. it? And, and captain, well, I've mentioned a few times, but captain for eight seasons. Um, and the most Brownlow votes polled by any Giants player, 91, best and fairest winner. I think he, I think he deserves to be on this list. He's pretty heart and soul, GWSO. He is, no argument here. But I'm going to play uh, Mr. Anti here, and that is... Anti Ward. <laughs> well, it's, it's, actually, it's not... Because I'm, I'm a big fan. He's been a great leader and certainly I readily identify with the club. I think the two guys who, in the end, I've got just marginally ahead of him have been... Better players? Yeah, okay. but by some margin, I yeah. think. Yep. And, they're, they're, and they are two absolute mainstays. And I look at both of them, actually, and I think, geez, 
I would have thought you would have had more gongs than that. So I'm talking about Whitfield, 203 games, two best and fairest in all Australian. Mm-hmm. Josh Kelly, 198 games, two best and fairest and all Australian. Both those players, mm. I think, have consistently played fantastic football for that side. And in the end, for me, that's just made them a little bit more valuable than Callum Ward. I think the captaincy of Ward for eight seasons I, I agree is, a, is what gets him there, plus the most games played. Okay, no, no. So and I'm I think happy if, to, if this to is debate a, out Kelly versus Whitfield. Yeah, if, if this is a, and if this is a snapshot in time right this moment, and we're not projecting anymore with the other three... <clears throat> Um, or other two, if, because there's another one. I don't know. If, I can't remember. Did you mention Stephen Kinnear? Uh, well, I had, He's him, I had him on a short list, yeah. but a little in the end, a little bit behind Whitfield. Yeah, really. yeah. I think I think it's Green, Cameron. Then I've probably got Ward three, and then it's a debate between the other three for the so fourth. Just before spot. we talk about that fourth spot, another player sort of similar, I guess, to Ward in that up and left when he was, you know, probably at a more established side where he could have played, you know, another decade, probably even more. Uh, is Phil Davis. And Phil Davis mm. is another player who had to make the tough call play. He's played 174 games, and I think it's easy to kind of forget how much of a mainstay he has. And has oh, been he's a mainstay, but Phil Davis, Phil Davis is not on the Mount Rushmore. Sure. Phil, Phil Davis was a good player without being a great player. And that's no knock on Phil Davis, but so he's not on the Mount Whitfield, Rushmore. Whitfield, Cornelio Kelly, where, where are we leaning? Well, I, I've, yeah, like I said, I've got Whitfield and Kelly a little bit ahead of Cornelio, but interested what you two think. Um, I, I hadn't. It's hard to compare them. I, I know. If you, gun to my head, and it's Cali, Canelio, Whitfield. Who am I putting on? It's probably Cali. I think they're both two-time best and fairest winners. Canelio hasn't won once. I think that mm. um, Whitfield's had more games. Cali's kicked more goals. Gee, it's it's a flip of a coin, really. Um, I don't think. It's a great <laughs> question. No, it's a good question. I think that, I think Cali. The intrigue around Kelly, or the, the reasons I kind of think of him as a, a GWS man, as you will, is he's been it, like, very publicly tried to, like clubs have tried to poach him multiple times. Yeah. Like as public as you can get, really, in terms of the AFL sphere. Mm. And for him to, I, get, I think, turn his back on it multiple times, he's a giant. You know what I mean? This yeah. Is that, no, it's so maybe that's the, that. that's the. For me, I'd probably, push comes to shove, I'd probably <laughs> just go with. <laughs> Whitfield <laughs> on the quality of his disposal is close to the best kicker. Oh, but they call done. Josh Kelly the Rolls Royce. He's not. I'm though. not much of a car man. What's <laughs> yeah. better than a Rolls Royce? Toby, oh, look, I'm, I'm easy. Toby Green. Um, I th- yeah, I, so I, I Green, Cameron, Cameron Ward, Cal Ward, and then and that might be the toughest. Josh Kelly. That might be the toughest fourth spot to pick because I reckon there it's yeah, almost so identical. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a fair point. And identical records. Um, so well, that's down the to the games. Play. Yeah, who who Giants fan? Who's a better? Pl- who would you have on? Who's yeah. a better? Who, player? Who's the icon? Who's who like, put um, on the Guernsey that you look at them and go, they are a giant. It's uh, Sophie's choice, but we'll call it Toby's choice. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly or Whitfield? Um, unfortunately, fellas, I've got some bad news. It's not going to get any easier because the Hawks, I think, is. Probably one of the hardest Mount Rushmores to, to consider and, and put together yeah. because you know we've talked about eras of success in the in, you know before and and they have many yeah um, and they've got players who are icons of the sport who probably didn't play in as much success as well yeah and so there's just oh, I don't know where to start with this I think well can I start on this one yeah I think I know where you're <laughs> going to start and and I think it's a clear number one but but two three and four at the Hawks is, is oh it's tough. incredibly difficult. 
Yeah, well, yes and no. In the end, the, I, can I say this? I reckon the bar here for selection is higher than any other club, and that includes yes. my club. Yeah, it, four on four. If we're all these eight team, eighteen are playing four on four, Hawks are And you know what? And this is, you know, look, I'm long past worrying about you know my childish thing about Hawthorne because I'm an Essendon person. <laughs> Hats off to them. You're talking about a club that until 1971 had won one premiership. Yeah. Mm. And they, this list, and, and they have been, you know, they averaged like one premiership every four years for from about 50 point. years yeah. from 71 yeah, it's onwards. remarkable. And, and here's why. <clears throat> now, to me, these three are absolute locks, <laughs> and then you argue about the four. I'm just going to go with this. Go. A lot of people... So who you got one? Okay, Lee Matthews. Yep, come a, lot okay. of pe- a lot of people say greatest player of all time. 332 games, four premierships, Hall of Fame legend, Coleman Medal, six times leading goal kicker. Wasn't even a forward till the end of his career. <laughs> eight best and fairest. You think of Hawthorne, you think of Lethal. Yeah, eight yeah. best and fairest, so in, a, in an incredibly successful era. Mm. Yeah. Second, just not even a contest, Peter Hudson. Now, 129 games. Mm. Yes. It's not many. So, so this is kind of, I guess, yes, back to our point uh, during Essendon. Yeah. And how, you know, you kind of think, oh, we have to play a minimum of this many games. No, not at all. Yeah. 129 games, obviously would have been heaps more, but for tragically doing his knee in the first game of 72, really didn't play. Played one season after that, five years later, in which he came back and kicked 100 goals as an overweight 32-year-old or something in 1977. 5.64 goals per game, the greatest in the... One of only two people, Coleman the other, to average more than five Mm. goals per game. Hall of Fame legend, four Coleman medals, six times leading goal kicker, Two best and fairest. A freak. Yep. Changed the game. Yep. Peter Hudson. Okay. Number three for me, absolute lock. May not have been as spectacular as other forwards we've talked about, but the number three goal kicker of all time, yep. 1,254 goals, Jason Dunstall from yep. 269 yep. games. Four premierships, three Coleman medals, 12-time leading goal kicker, four best and fairest as a key forward. And two, well, no, the All-Australian things are relevant. I'll leave off for the fourth. But those three, for me, are absolute walk-up starts. Yep. I don't care about the three flags in the 2015. Yeah, uh, so this is, this is the point I'm trying not to make Not even now. close. Anyone in that side, not even close. Not even close. So not even close in oh, terms... Sorry, sorry. Two in the discussion, <laughs> but ultimately still well back. But when you say not even close or in the, not they're well back, are you talking about the quality of the... Player, or are you talking about their overall legacy and legacy. standing? Because because I will make a big push for Luke Hodge, and I know you you're not going to say oh, Luke. On, on which basis the, of the two icon on the on the icon and standing of where you are in that club? Yes, far because, more than, that's what, far more than the record. Because yes, that's I'll what we that. that's ideally what yeah, basically what we're doing games. Here. He kicked 193 so, okay. goals. So I mean, this is a talk, we've okay. Got a we're talking like like that. yeah, okay. like Selwood. He was the driving force of the Hawthorne. He was modern era. But uh, yeah, go on. He may not have been the best, and like Selwood, he probably at never, no point was ever the best player on his team. Okay, well, Jake, that's that's all good arguments. I don't want to appear slightly. Continue. <laughs> Don't. Jeez. Everyone's getting wrong. Got to press on here. Um, Fisticuffs are starting soon. I will see you on iconic status and raise you with number four on my list. And I think you'll agree with me when I give you the, the details. Okay. Michael Tuck. Yep. 
Yeah, 426 so games. Iconic, the long sleeves, the, the hair. I, I think it's hard, it's, I, I'm seeing your point and I'm seeing your point. No, but hang on. I haven't, I haven't, okay. I haven't, I haven't only scratched the surface here. 426 yes. games, seven premierships, yeah. four as captain. Mm-hmm. Didn't win a best and fairest. Mm. How? Because, How is that even possible? Because Lee Matthews won eight. Tucky <laughs> was runner-up in the Hawthorne best and fairest seven times. That's stiff. <laughs> I, I think stiff. six of them were runner-up to Lethal. So, um, so that that has to be 320 Hodge. goals. Uh, yeah, I, think I think it does. I think it does. Hodge, yeah, as I said, driving force of the modern era. Four premierships. Yeah. Three of them as captain. Two Norm Smith medals, which is a, which is the real. I mean, I, who, great player on the big occasion. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we've only. I'm just trying to think. I think Andrew McLeod might be the only dual Norm Smith medalist that we've had on here so far. Could be wrong, but if, if Luke Hodge doesn't go to Brisbane and plays another year or so at Hawthorne. No, I don't think. It ma- I don't think. I don't think. I mean, unless they won a flag, I don't yeah, think yeah. it makes that much difference. But three All Australian selections, two best and fairest. Yeah. Uh, three hundred and five games at the Hawks, one hundred and ninety-three goals. I. I think Matthews, Tuck, Dunstall, are locks for the Hawks, and as much of an icon as Hudson is, I, I, I think he is as well. I just wonder whether 129 games is enough. I know it's 5.6 goals okay. per game. Got Coleman in with 98. So, he's so, got a right. lower games per, uh, goals per game average than Hudson. So yeah, but we didn't. Point, I felt like we didn't have. I felt like I feel like Hodge is closer than Hurd was to Essendon. If you're lowering the bar of, of games played, I know this is this is not black and white in any sense of the case. But you've got a guy that played 182 games and kicked 580 goals. And is synonymous with just one word at that club, buddy. Yeah, and he's not in the discussion. Well, he's n- he's probably not well, in the. Di- and, I mean, and he's far from the. Well, hang on. You know, I'll give you Sam Mitchell, three hundred and twenty-nine games, four premierships, the Brownlow, five the club, best John and fairest. Shane Crawford, three hundred games, Dermot Dermot Kennedy, Dermot Brereton. Dermot Brereton. <laughs> Dermot Brereton. Gary Ayres, dual Norm Smith medalist. Don Scott, five times. Burton is both five-time yeah, premiership players. This is what I'm saying. This is like one of the toughest. It is. It is you, tough. You can have you can have four Mount Rushmores for Hawthorne. Um, Hawthorne fans, please your opinions as well. Can, sorry, can I just? I, I know. I know you've got Tucky in anyway. But can I just the other thing about Tucky I want to add was, and people of my vintage remember this, but Hawthorne got belted by us in the '85 Grand Final. They'd lost two Grand Finals in a row. I went down to do an interview with Michael Tuck, who's just been made captain because Lee Matthews had just retired. And it was all about... not The, the contention was, should this guy even be playing on, let alone be captain of this side? That was at the start of 1986. He went on to captain them in four premierships <laughs> after that and retired six seasons later. You know, like his longevity oh, he's is in. just He's insane. absolutely in. And I mean, I know... I know Hawthorne fans or just footy fans in general will know how tough will, this would be. Well, will will criticise me for even no. throwing up the suggestion that Hudson sh- shouldn't or perhaps couldn't be on it because of the games no, played. No, I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, but I, but I, I, but, I, I, but, I, but I do think 
like we said earlier, it's not like we're trying to shove somebody else. We're trying to put Luke Hodge in a triple premiership captain. Okay, and dual can, another medals. argument, Jake. Has anyone said this about Luke Hodge? In the come the early seventies, this is a famous story. Well, he wasn't was around a, in the seventies. <laughs> uh, near Glenferry Oval, there was a, a church in. Hawth- I could kick twelve hundred goals at a, a church. Glenferry Oval. There was a church in Hawthorne, and they used to have a, a placard out the front. Yes. And one day, the the pastor or vicar or whatever he was put it aside. Out, what would you do if Christ came to Hawthorne and someone memorably wrote underneath it, "Move Hudson to centre half forward." That's how big that man was. I like this discussion. And, and I think it is it, tough. The, the contrast of what we've just talked about with Geelong as well. So Geelong, you know, eras of success, but mm. we've gone weighted more towards the modern era. Yeah. And, and eras of success at the Hawks, but we've been weighted towards a, a previous era. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer. I think this is what we can kind of get from this exercise. I, I, yeah. I, I can, sorry, I cannot be part of... Off he goes. I cannot be part of this... If, if Hodge, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Hodge, he's been fantastic. Hates Hodge. But you, <laughs> you cannot have Luke Hodge on this ahead of Peter so Hudson. So Lee Matthews, Peter Hudson, Jason Dunstall and Michael Tuck. For me, correct. And are you... I'm, I'm happy to go, I'm, we'll go with it, but I think, I think Luke Hodge is the stiffest player so far to miss out. Uh, no, I think that's a fair question. I think his yeah. resume of, uh, we don't have to keep going over it, but... Yeah. You know, it's it's a pretty phenomenal, and it's more it's more than that. So he's he's got the resume of premierships and captaincy and Norm Smith and all Australians and best and fairest and three hundred games, but he's also got the he, he's to me he's very much like Joel Selwood. Yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah. got the mm. he's revered for his captaincy and leadership, and that's what made him such a great player. And you know what? It probably. Any other club in this? He's on it, probably in. one or two. Yeah. Oh, there's a few players on this list that would walk into. So it I think he, yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to go with it. And and you know, my only question mark on Hudson was the games, 129 games. Yeah. That's why I debate it, and I'm I'm still. If I was, I think you guys might outvote me, but I wouldn't. It's hard. It's hard to do. Oh, can I say this? So again, for our younger listeners, so Hudson had come off equaling Bob Pratt's record of 150 goals in 71. Famously, yep. you missed the chance to yep. break it in the grand final. First game of the 1972 season, he's kicked eight goals just before half-time against Melbourne. Ball comes forward. He does his knee. Carried off. Literally plays, I think, one game in 74. Went back to Tassie. And only played one more season in 1977. Five years later where he got flown in every week from running a pub, was overweight. I don't remember this. Like he was over, a couple of stone overweight. What's, Plotting what's around, a stone for our younger viewers? Six, Rowan? seven kilos? Uh, seven kilos. <laughs> Plotting around the goal square. Yeah. Uh, kicks 110 goals. So this is the thing. So, so he, sorry, my point was, had he not done the knee, like, he, he'd be the number one goal kicker all, all, time. all time. By so far, it's not funny. So people would say that if... You know, we can say John Coleman or Peter Hudson, if they were around in this day and age where they had access to the medical or the sports science that we have today, they would be back and they'd play longer. They would yeah. be, oh my, they would have kicked 2,000. But they wouldn't have. 
There's no way they're kicking. There's no way any of these guys are averaging five. He goals. would have had a better chance than anyone else. I'll tell you, this guy was an absolute genius. I don't you, think you're winning this debate. A, Jake. a guy that's two, the two stone overweight. <laughs> what are we calling it? 14 kilos, still kicking 100 goals. That's not happening. Oh, I reckon. In this day I reckon Fev, a couple of stone overweight, could have done and, pretty and, similar and, as well. And just way. quickly, speaking about father sons, uh, Peter and Paul Hudson, uh, yeah. another Hawthorne Premiership player. Uh, Hawks fans, please. Very do very, tough. very so tough. So we got Tuck Dunstall. Apologies Matthews. to about ten different players. Tuck Hud. Tuck, Dunstall, in, in, Matthews, in order, Hudson, in order, Hudson. Matthews, Hudson, Dunstall, Dunstall. Tuck, Hodge. God, <laughs> he's stiff. Uh, will, you, will you accept that? That's the. That's yeah, the yeah, but yeah. this is the exercise. Yeah, it's, Jeez, it's text uh, in the mail. Wow, wait, Hodgie, uh, Hodgie, Melbourne lunch or something quickly. Uh, Melbourne, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, this <clears> is this is really tough. But oh, the, I think Melbourne's significantly that, easier. A little bit easier. Yeah, but I, I think I, the thing that stands out for the D's for me is you know how old the club is. Only two players have played 300 games. Yeah, and you know, the, the other thing that really stood out for me doing Melbourne one, I mean, close to the most dominant era of football I've seen was Melbourne 55 to yes. 64. And they, they should have won, uh, well, they, they won five flags out of six, probably mm. should have won six in a row between 55 and 60. Uh, uh, Collingwood famously upset them in 58. But... Yeah, it's their lack of sort of, you know, three or 250-plus game players, but also the evenness of yes, those sides. I agree. Um, and to me, the that is evidenced by the fact that from that whole era, I've only got one player from a player from that era on this list, and that is Ron Brassie. the very iconic and sadly the late Ron Barassi, 254 and games. What, two, sorry, 204 games for Melbourne. Six premierships, Hall of Fame legend, twice leading goal kicker, two best and fairest. It would be easy to get sucked into the whole coaching gravitas as well, but mm. I think it's very comfortable and clear. And oh, he's a yeah. number one, yeah. I think, on and, this list. And, and he's I, number one. And I asked yeah. you this last week. I, I wanted to know, and it's because I think I tend to think of him more for, for the coaching. Yeah. And you forget it, it's probably... It overshines the playing career, mm. but the playing career shouldn't be. Oh, no. He, he was, uh, again, sort of another ahead of his time type. Mm. Or arguably, a lot of people sort of say he was the first of the genuine ruck rovers. And that was sort of like in between mm. a ruckman size and a rover size. Big, bullocking frame. You know, very physical well, Big player. body mids on this list. Yeah, yeah. well, he, he was ahead of his time. I think the iconic image of him as well, in my mind at least, is, is that, that action of that kicking action. Yeah. Uh, you know, in in the in the D's jumper, and I yeah. think that's you know when you think of a Mount Rushmore and the, the, the iconic players yeah. on the Guernsey, yeah. he's, he's a he's a number one. Very very hard working player. Mm. Uh, recovered a lot of territory, uh, far more territory than a lot of his peers. Um, sort of set a new standard in terms of what was required in terms of training loads and things like that. And incredible leader of that side as mm. well. So number one for me. I think also if you're doing an overall footy. Um, Mount Rushmore, just the the sport in Great general, question. and it's players, close, coaches, yeah. everyone. He's certainly in the conversation to be on that one as well. Well, one of the you know sort of age old footy discussions was you know Mr. and it was a joke between Ted Whitten and Ron Barassi about who was Mr. Football and the, the whoever wasn't Mr. Football was Mrs. Football. <laughs> so Ted Whitten was known as Mr. Football. He used to call Barass Mrs. Football. But uh, yeah, they were the sort of two biggest names for decades. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, it might be a little bit of a gap to the next player, 
Um, and it's kind of hard to... Uh, it's, it's really sort of hard to, to I guess, follow up someone like Barassi. It sounds weird, but it's kind of hard to follow up someone like Barassi. Well, I think another... Uh, I- yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm interested where you're going. I was going to say, this. another iconic name, I think, is Jim Steins. He's oh, number two. I mean, I think he's pretty clearly number two. Number two? Nah, not, well, he's not my number two, but he's clearly on my list. Okay, now, well, you, well, you guys, well, this is another. Well, do you want to talk well, about Steins? Well, I'll just Steins quickly, first, I'll, you do, yeah. yeah. The stats aside, but yeah. Um, one of the most famous names in the sport as well, and I think it's... Trailblazer for, for Irish footy yeah, players. For, for a number yeah. of reasons, that, that being one of them. I think a part of his legacy as well is the consecutive games played, 244, which mm. is pretty remarkable. Still the record. Four-time best and fairest, Brownlow medalist, two-time All-Australian. Um, it's 264 games total, 130 goals. Now, the, the tally, neither tally is... Monstrous, mm. but as Matt said off the top, only two Melbourne players to have reached 300. Pretty surprising. Yeah. Oh, the longevity of Steins is you know, that consecutive game thing was just ridiculous. And the sort of severity of some of the injuries he carried and played with in order to maintain that durability, yeah. um, you know, and, and sort of also, I feel like changed the game a bit. You know, played a ruckman who played more like a ruck rover, the yeah. hit outs were sort of incidental to how he played. But my number two, and and yeah, significantly ahead of, of Jim, however good Jim was. I think I know who you're going to say. Yeah, well, exactly. this guy, there won't be a better example, maybe one, of uh, a fantastic player who was just unfortunate with his timing because it was one of the club's lowest points. Yes. And got Robin Flower. Yes. And so this is important as well, is is you can't take away these, like, you know, these accolades. You, ca- you can't sort of, you know... Take these players that don't have these accolades. Oh, absolutely sort of, not. You know, look, because you, you, you yeah. can't, you can't do it all on your own. Two hundred and seventy-two <laughs> games, twice leading goal kicker, p- playing primarily on a wing. Uh, one best and fairest, which yeah, just staggering, really. But Some of the older guys, I, I read their best, and I think who was voting? Were people? Was it? <laughs> The same as it is today. Like it doesn't seem like it was just well, a that, bit of a crapshoot. That one seems unbelievable because what anyone my age would remember about Robbie Flower is, okay, so incredibly poised, skillful, delicate, balanced runner, mm. beautiful runner, glided across the turf, great in the air. You know, he's quite tall. One of the least likely look, least likely looking league players you've ever seen. You know, he had. The Coke bottle glasses, and he was really thin, no muscle definition or anything. But he's, he's just great evasive skills, great runner, great stamina, beautiful kick of the footy. Mm. Later years, tended to go up forward and kick goals a bit. Finished his career, of course, in 87, finally playing finals after Melbourne hadn't even made finals for mm. 23 years. But the greatest comment on Robert Flower's greatness for me and anyone who saw him was the fact that and this is a time when state football, you know, Victoria played two state games a year. He, there were a number of players in this category, but he was number one. Consistently uh, in Victoria's best two or three players every single time he played for the state. Because mm. that was his grand final. You know, Melbourne were never going to play the chance, yeah. so that was, And he rose to that occasion every time. Magnificent player. And for me, easily number two. Yep. Yeah, I think, yep, happy to swap those uh, upon that. And so, then, no, yeah, number four is interesting. I, I've got, so I've got an, an old an old timer who, too old for me even, and a contemporary one. I'll just see what you guys think. So, uh, yes. Norm Smith. I think Norm Smith is on my list. So, 
everyone, coaching. Everyone talks about North Sesford coaching, but he was a Melbourne, a great Melbourne player. Two hundred twenty-seven games, uh, four premierships. He's a Hall of Fame legend, four-time leading goal kicker, and twice best and fairest. Five hundred forty-six goals. It's Nothing to sniff at. Pretty good Nothing going. To sneeze at. Yeah. Um, the other, the other. So the interesting one, I'm, I'm willing and keen to get your thoughts on is. And this is taking away a little bit from like the playing aspect of it, but someone who who you know when I had to think about Melbourne, there's a guy that played 44 games on the list, and the best and fairest medal is named after him, and it's because he had such a high standing in the game before he enlisted in the war. Mm. So Keith Truscott passed mm. away in a, in a mm. fighter accident. I think he was a he was training and it was, he passed away during the war, and I just re- I remember reading a lot about this and how he was so revered, and it was such a disappointment when he went off to war because Melbourne were losing arguably one of their best and brightest prospects. Mm. And so they named the best and fairest after him. And, you know, we talk about 98 games. I don't think he gets on by mm. any stretch, but it's just kind of, it just goes to show how, how thin the margins are yeah, yeah. With, with things like, you know, if you go one way in your career or you go the other or you don't do your knee or you... Oh, that's you know, it. That's exactly it. You're just yeah. going back to Peter Hudson before. You took yeah. injuries here and there. And that, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great nomination. And I mean, it's... It's a good name to throw up. I mean, hard to hard to put on with. What did you say? Forty-four games, um, but yeah, it's like some of the nominations he had for the Cats, um, Reg Hickey. Yeah, yeah. The, the, these names are just. I think the 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 diehards from yesteryear would look very fondly on these. Yeah, players. they're synonymous with. Who's the club. your contemporary at the day? Okay, so um, <laughs> it's funny because. I actually bumped in. I hadn't seen this guy. I bumped into this guy. At a, <laughs> oh, it's recency bias. No, well, I bumped into him at a pub. He's a lo- lovely guy. I bumped into him at a pub. <laughs> and uh, at, after we bid farewell, a discussion ensued about, geez, he, you know, he's, geez, he was a great player. And then I look up his record, and his record says how great a player he yeah. was. I'm talking about David Neitz. Yeah. 306 games. Games record holder at the D's. 631 goals. Won a Coleman medal. Seven-time leading goal kicker, one of best and fairest, and twice all Australian. And he was captain one, for one of the nicest blokes. Captain yeah. for nine years and played in an awful team at times. Uh, yes, they, they had I mean, their moments. The two thousand grand final. Yeah, I mean, but no, post really that, the, 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 where the bulk of his goals came, they were not a team in contention. Later on, yeah, yes. they, yeah. they had this. They had this period, sort of late nineties, early two thousands, when they. The even years they were right up there, and then the odd years they'd crash and burn. So, at <laughs> '98 they were in a preliminary final, 2000 they were in a grand final, '02 they were in a semi final, and then '99 I think they were almost wooden spooners, and then it was weird <laughs> roller coaster. Uh, it, Neitz is interesting. I think I lean towards Norm Smith. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I think Neitz is his his record is pretty remarkable as well because I think you can very easily overlook him. But I think that in itself... Played is, defence for a fair while. Yeah, yeah. I think part of it is the name. And I joke that Norm Smith, part of his legacy is the medal. Yeah. I, I, I think that helps. That's also fair. Um, but I do think that helps and is a fair enough reason no, to No, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, happy some, with that. some other names that you, you sort of could throw into the mix in terms of just iconic Melbourne, so maybe like Gary Lyon, Todd Viney. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Gary Lyon's... No, Gary Lyon's Gary Lyon's there, someone definitely. I had, um, and I was pretty confident he would be... When I first started doing it, Gary Lyon was one of the first names I jotted down, and I'm, mm. I'm surprised that he, he probably ended up getting bumped off. Um, but he was a Melbourne captain, Melbourne captain from 91 to 97... 
he, he's a guy, and I'll get to it, but his numbers didn't quite stack up to what I thought they would be. Yeah. 226 games, pretty good. 426 goals, really good. Yeah. Three All-Australians, two best and fairest, two-time leading goal kicker at the Ds. And maybe this is the impact and the influence of his media career as well. Yeah. And, we, and you know, we see a bit more of his highlights or he, you know, he, he's got yeah. TV, so you kind of... Like, and that's maybe where we need to try and... Unblur the lines. Wait, a bit. Look, later in his uh, career, he had he did have quite a lot of back issues, and they mm, sort of yeah. reduced his mobility. But at his best, um, and the game, there's a real standout game there, and it's he kicked ten mm. for Melbourne in a semi final against Footscray in 1994. You know, phenomenal. Are so you putting him on ahead of Jim Steins? No. So I think the four is. Are we are we comfortable with the four? Barassi, yeah. Flower, Steins, Smith. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. I mean, we've spoken about it with some clubs about the current era and who could potentially get on. I think there are, there's a chance for some of the current era, depending on... And it probably they've mm. probably wasted their opportunity a bit, the Ds, with some of these guys. Mm. Like, if... Petrarca. If Melbourne went back and Petrarca was Norm Smith medalist again, I mean, he's definitely in the conversation for this. Yeah. Um, a lot of ifs, yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. but d- I they, wouldn't. It's a bit early to say they've wasted it, haven't they? Well, I think I think they have. To, yeah. have, to have only won one flag to, to this point, I think or, that's already? a little back disappointing. Back to sets, yeah. I think for the side that they had is Twice. disappointing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think they. I reckon people are too jumped too quick on that, but. Yeah. I think if you said after the twenty twenty one grand final that the D's wouldn't win, or feature in the, either of the next two pre- grand finals, that would be disappointing for. That would be we're a getting off topic. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, but we're that, happy with the four. We're happy with the four, but but don't rule out a, a Petrarca or even a Max Gorn potentially um, making iconic, a run. Iconic. You talk about the look. Yeah. Gorn has the look yeah. that could be what about iconic. Clayton Oliver is probably right this moment. If if we did this right, right now, I think he's probably ahead of those two guys. But I think the other two probably have potential to go ahead. I mean, yes. it, obviously, Oliver's in a bit of a. Yeah. Um, but he's a four-time best. Yeah. He's a four-time best and fairest winner. Um, multiple top five Brownlow medal finishes, three All Australians. But again, you think, okay, how many games has Clayton Oliver played? 162 games. Yeah, it's not much yet. So mm. it, it's the legacies are still building for some of these guys. Yes, uh, North Melbourne is the uh, final club that we'll look at in this uh, batch or the second of the pod vodcast, whatever you want to call them, Jake. <laughs> uh, but we're going to look at the Kangaroos and then we're going to take another little break and then we're going to come back with the final six sides. Talk about Hall of Fame legends. There's a couple here as well. And there's one, I think... I mean, if you're talking North Melbourne, where do you want to start? I think, it's Wayne, I think it's Wayne Carey in daylight, really. Oh, I'm, I'm with Jake on this one. Carey, for me... Uh, gee, I found them tough, though, because, again, they've had, they've had two great eras. They've had the sort of mid to late 70s, where they won two flags and they were in, what, four, five grand finals in a row? 74, 5, mm. 6, 7, 8. Yeah, 5 in a row. And then the uh, mid to late 90s where they won their second, yep. their third and fourth flags. Um, but actually, I haven't got... Yeah, no, Carey's from that era. So Carey, 272, 244 games for the Roos, 671 goals, two premierships, five times leading goal kicker, four best and fairest, seven All-Australian, Captain the club at the age of what twenty one when they came back uh, under Pogan yep. in ninety three, best and, player in the game for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, most feared player in the game. And seven All-Australians <clears throat> only tells half the story. Four of those seven, he was named captain yeah, of the All-Australian Yeah, no, that's a really good point. You know, you know the other thing? I don't, know, I don't know if you guys... Do you remember the 94 final series? Like, he... The preliminary final he played against Geelong, which I regard as the greatest game of footy ever played. Like, he... he what did he kick for? He took something like 18 marks, kicked, I think, four or six goals. You know, his final series in 94 was just on another stratosphere. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah, I don't know what list I was reading from before. Uh, yeah, the King. Uh, yeah, I think he's Come I on. think he's pretty clearly yeah. top for North. Um, in fact, I, I haven't got Blight... Yeah, I've got Blight form? sort of around about fourth spot. Um, Har- I've got Brent Harvey as my number two. I think... So we spoke about a, a longevity North. with Dustin Fletcher not really getting a look in for the Bombers. Brent Harvey has the longevity as well, but I, I, I truly think of him as a very iconic North Melbourne player, and I think he is clearly on North's Mount Rushmore. So quick stat line on him. Premiership player, five-time best and fairest, which is the most for the club, Four All-Australians and, as I said, the best longevity of any player in the sports history. 432 games, 518 goals. And just to uh, flush it out for people, how many 400-game-plus uh, players are there? There's only four, is it, or five? So Harvey, Tuck, Fletcher and I think there's Bartlett. one more. Bartlett, yeah. yeah. So only four. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I, I'm with you 100% because I, I was looking at it and there, there are names who are more revered in North Melbourne's mm. history. But then I look at Boomer's record, and I think you make a really good point. It's not just about the longevity. He was a super, super player. Yeah, I remember, he, I think he won the medal for best on ground for Victoria in the last interstate game played in 99. He still looks like he could play. Yeah, oh, look, he's super <laughs> I've fit. been down to watch him at... Um... Down in West High, at North no, I'm, I'm talking about at the top level. Like, how <laughs> fit does he look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, 432 games, yeah. 518 goals. Yeah, like no, we, I, I said before, 300 and 300. Yeah. He's got the 400 and 500. I'm very comfortable with him. So, you know, iconic North Melbourne, you think uh, Shinboner. You think Shinboner of the century, maybe? Is this enough to get on the list? Because you were a bit sort of up and down about having someone like Glenn Archer on the, on this Mount Rushmore. Oh, he's in the conversation. I don't think he gets on. But th- nah. 311 games, 148 goals, two flags, three All-Australians and a Norm Smith. He's, look, he's in the conversation. He's on the reserves for North. There are, there, are, uh, one, two, there are four comfortably ahead of Glenn Archer for me. And um, they are... Keith Gregg, yep. okay. 294 games, two Brownlow medals, a best and fairest in a premiership, uh, great wingman, uh, a, a much revered figure in North Melbourne's history, but a great player in his own right before he became president, etc. Alan Awitt, 220 games. The other two, um, symbols of that mid-late 70s era, David Dench, 275 games, two premierships, Four best and fairest. Is he is he the face you see when you think of North Melbourne? Oh yeah, <laughs> for, for him, yeah. for you. And uh, <laughs> and the other one, uh, just as and geez, I squeezed him off my list of four in the end. But Wayne Schimmelbush, three hundred and six games, two premierships, another wingman. Actually, they specialised in great wingman North. But for me, I think of those uh, mid to late seventies. Now you mentioned Blight. 
Uh, well, yes. Dench and Schimmelbush for me, every bit if not more so, um, the symbol of North Melbourne yeah. in the yeah, mid to yeah, late no, 70s. That's fair. And they're, uh, they're all ahead of Archer for me. Yeah, so I've got I've got Carey 1, Harvey 2, Greg 3, Blight 4, and then it's Dench, Archer, Longmire, Schimmelbush. I, I think Longmire as well, 200 games, 5 yeah. and 11 goals, Premiership and a Coleman. Yep. Um, I think there's a bit of it where probably the the people of my vintage would don't nest don't know him they know him as the coach yeah, yeah. um yeah. so it you kind of forget how good these guys were, oh, were yeah, as he players was a great player. um but I, I think yeah around that mark he's 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 not getting on same with archer i i i think it's Kerry, harvey greg and yeah the fourth is a tough one okay yeah you got greg 3 uh, yeah, I'm happy with that because of the two brown lows. Um, so fourth, okay, for me, fourth is a battle between uh, Dench and Schimmelbush. Yeah, see, I, I'm more Dench blight. I'll probably go Dench. Okay, so let's well, rule out Schimmer. Yeah. So let's go Dench. Uh, Four best and fairest, premiership captain. Yeah. And can I just say too, Again, a bit ahead of his time. He was a real dashing. So we talk about Matthew Scarlett, how he was a, a fullback who attacked. David Dench did that in the mid to late seventies. In fact, as I keep bringing up these sort of little flashback things, but you watch the seventy-seven grand final between North Melbourne and Collingwood. Uh, David Dench kicked two goals in that game. He got thrown forward, and there's a famous thing: uh, North came back from twenty-seven points down at three-quarter time in the tie. Mm. Uh, Phil Manassa panicked Collingwood, Phil Manassa handball to David Dench in the goal square. Dench kicks a goal in the last quarter comeback. So he, he dashed down from defence all the time. He was ahead of yeah. his time as a Iconic player. Iconic moments, yeah. So let's go. I reckon we go Dench. Great. So Kerry, Harvey, Greg, Dench. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, North in the books. North is in the books, which means part two is uh, all up and we will be joining you again very shortly for part three of the Mount Rushmore's. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN Footy Pod. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.